move in them, that everybody will be challenged through your word tonight, maybe learn something through your word tonight, that your spirit would speak to them. We love you, Father, in your precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. Alright, well we find ourselves there in Genesis chapter number 47, and we've been preaching through the life of Joseph, and all throughout the life of Joseph I've been showing you how time after time, have you been impressed with how time after time Joseph uh, is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ and Joseph does things in his life that are a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ and Joseph is a good character. He's one of my favorite Bible characters. I've really learned to love Joseph as I've been preaching through his life. But tonight we come because Joseph, even though he was a type of the Lord Jesus Christ, he was still a human. He was still a sinner and he still made mistakes. And Joseph, we come tonight to the only real thing I can find in the Bible that is a negative thing about Joseph, Joseph's uh, sin. If you go back real quickly, we're going to be going back between chapters 41 and 47. So go back with me real quickly to chapter 41 and look at verse number 33. If you remember, Joseph uh, interpreted the dream of Pharaoh. There was going to come seven years of plenty, seven years of good economy, seven years of a lot of food and a lot of wealth, and then after that there's going to come seven years of famine. And Pharaoh had this dream with the cows and the, the wheat and all that. And Joseph explained that to Pharaoh. And if you look at verse 33, Joseph says to him, Now therefore let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. And let Pharaoh do this. And let him appoint officers over the land. And look what he says. Here's the plan. And take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seventh plenteous year. Now that, the, the word fifth part or fifth part there means 20%. Okay? If you have 100 and you divide that by 5... You got 20, 40, 60, 80, 100. So the fifth part or one-fifth of something would be considered 20% if you want to put it in a percentage. And Joseph said in verse 34, he said, And take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years. So I want you to see it was a good plan. He said, look, for the next seven years, while there's a lot of plenty, while there's a lot of wealth, while there's a lot of good things, he said, we should take up 20%. So they were saying, let's tax the people 20% of their income, 20% of what they make, 20% of what they have. Let's take that money or that corn or whatever they were producing, look at verse 35, and let them gather all the food for those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the city. So he said, look, here's what we're going to do. For the seven plenteous years, we're going to go out and we're going to take 20%, the fifth part of what everybody makes. And we're going to store that. And we're going to save that. And when the famine comes, that food, look at verse 36, and that food shall be for store. So we're saying we're going to store it to the land against the seven years of famine. So we're going to keep that. We're going to save that for the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. Go to Genesis 47. Sounds like a good plan, doesn't it? We're going to save up food while time is good, so when the bad times come, we can have food to be able to survive through the seven years of famine. But look at what happened. Look at verse 13. And there was no bread in all the land of Egypt. The famine is at its height, or at its worst. And the Bible says, For the famine was very sore. Do you see that? Verse 13. So that the land of Egypt and all the land of Canaan fainted by reason of the famine. So Canaan is next to Egypt. So the land of Egypt, the land of Canaan, they're doing bad because of the famine. Look at verse 14. And Joseph gathered up all the money 
that was found in the land of Egypt. Notice what it says. Joseph gathered all the money and in the land of Canaan. How did he do it? For the corn which they bought. So the people, the Egyptians, and the Canaanites, they came to Egypt. They, remember that's what e- Joseph's brothers were doing. They were coming to Egypt to buy corn from Pharaoh because Pharaoh had stored up all this corn and all this bread and all this food through the seven plenteous years. Look at verse 14. Look at the last part. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. So Joseph is selling all this plenty. All this good. And the people run out of money. Look at verse 15. And when the money failed in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came unto Joseph and said, Give us bread. For why should we die in thy presence for the money failed? This is what they were saying. They were saying, We're out of money, Joseph. We don't have any more money. Give us bread. Why are we going to die? We don't have any money. Look at verse 16. Look what Joseph does. And Joseph said, Give your cattle. And I will give you for your cattle if money fails. He said, you don't got any money? Okay, sell me your cattle. Give me your cattle and I'll give you bread because of your cattle. Look at verse 17. And they brought their cattle unto Joseph. And Joseph gave them bread in exchange for horses and for the flocks of the cattle, of the herds and of the asses. And he fed them with bread for all their cattle for that year. Do you see that? So they gave him their cattle, they gave him their horses, they gave him all their livestock and he gave them bread because they didn't have money. He already took their money, he sold them because remember, the famine lasted for seven years. He sold them bread for their money. They ran out of money. They said, okay, give me your cattle. Look at verse 18. When that year was ended, they came unto him the second year and said unto him, We will not hide it from my Lord, how that our money is spent. My Lord also hath our herds of cattle, and there is not aught left in the sight of my Lord but our bodies and our lands. Wherefore, look at verse 19. Shall we die before thine eyes, both we and our land? Look what they say. Buy us and our land for bread, and we and our land will be servants unto Pharaoh, and give us seed that we may live and not die, that the land be not desolate. Look at verse 20. And Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh, for the Egyptians sold every man his field, because the famine prevailed over them. So the land became Pharaoh's. Now all my life I've heard people preach out of this and they say, man, wasn't Joseph a great guy? Look what he did. He made Pharaoh so much money and he did all this and he did all that and and, and look what happened. But let me tell you something. And hopefully by the end of the sermon you'll see why this was a negative thing and we're going to apply it to our lives here in a little bit. But let me tell you something. These people ended up being slaves to the government. They said, buy us. Buy our bodies. And buy our land. And the Bible says that Joseph purchased that. And he owns them now. And let me tell you something. Oftentimes, the goal of government is enslavement. And in the United States of America, it's enslavement. You say, what are you talking about? And you're going to understand it here in a little bit. But you've got to understand something. The first type of enslavement that Joseph you know, oppressed these people was this. Enslavement through government taxes. Enslavement through government taxes. And Pastor, what are you talking about? Overwhelming taxes puts you in slavery. Look at what it says. Look at uh, verse 23 in Genesis 47. Then Joseph said unto the people, Behold, I have bought you this day and your land for Pharaoh. Lo, here is the seed for you, and ye shall sow the land, and it shall come to pass in the increase. Look what he says. That ye shall give the fifth part unto Pharaoh, and four parts shall be your own. So here he's saying, he's saying, look, you belong to us. Your herds belong to us. Your cattle belongs to us. Your body belongs to us. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to live your life. 
you're going to, you know, you're going to plant, you're going to farm, you're going to do what you normally do, and for the rest of your life, the fifth part, 20% of your income is going to come to Pharaoh, is going to come to the government, and you can keep 80% of it. And look what it says. Look at the last part of verse 24. Well, let's just read verse 24 again. And it shall come to pass in the increase that you shall give the fifth part unto Pharaoh, and four parts shall be your own. That's 80%. For seed of the field, and for your food, and for them of your household, and for the food for your little ones. They're saying, look, you got to take care of your business, you take care of your little ones, you take care of yourself, with 80%. 20% belongs to Pharaoh, 80% belongs to uh, you. Look at verse 25. And they said, thou hast saved our lives. Let us find grace in, thy sight, in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. Look at verse 26. And Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt unto this day. But... That Pharaoh should have the fifth part, except the land of the priest only, which became not Pharaoh's. I want you to understand this. These people became slaves to the government, became slaves to Pharaoh. And here's how Joseph defined their slavery. He said, you're going to live on your land, you know, and some of them he moved around, and we'll see that in a second. But he said, you're going to live on land, you're going to work for yourself. They pretty much had a lot of freedoms in their government. But what made them slaves was this, 20% of their income was paid in taxes. And in the United States of America, we work and pay taxes. And let me tell you something, it's government enslavement. And people, people say, you know, some of you hear me say this, somebody will hear me on the internet, they'll send me an email, and they'll say, well, here's the difference, Pastor Jimenez. What you don't understand is that they knew they were enslaved. They, they had agreed to it. They said their body, you know, we're not enslaved. We have freedom. We don't, you know, we, we, we just pay taxes. But here's what you got to understand, okay? According to Genesis 47, 20% of income paid in taxes made them slaves. But you know what? These people have already been slaves. Go back to Genesis 41. Genesis 41. Remember when the economy was good? Remember when things were going good? They weren't enslaved at this point. But if you look at Genesis 41, if you look at verse number 33, look what the Bible says. Look at verse 34. This is before they sold themselves into slavery. This is before they sold all their property and their land and their bodies to Egypt. Look what it says. Verse 34, Genesis 41. Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint officers over the land, and take up the fifth part. Do you see that? Of the land of Egypt, in the seven plenteous years. And here's, the, here's what you got to understand, okay? Before they were slaves, they paid 20%, the fifth part of their income, to Pharaoh. Because they were stocking that up for the famine days. Genesis 47, they're slaves. But what makes them slaves? Paying 20% of their income. These people were already slaves. They were slaves and they didn't know it. And let me tell you something. The worst part of being, you know, the, the worst condition of being a slave is thinking you have freedom and being enslaved. In the United States of America, just because people tell us we're free, and just because we say that, and we all, you know, wave our American flag, and hey, I'm all for waving the American flag, and I'm all for patriotism, and bless God, all of that. Praise the Lord. But let me tell you something. Just because people tell you you got freedoms, and people, just because people tell you that, you know, if you've got to pay 20% of your income to the government, according to the Bible, you're a slave. Say, Pastor Jimenez, do we pay 20% of our income to the government? Well, here's what you got to understand. Just income tax. The average income tax payer falls in the bracket of 15%. Now, right off, there, right off the bat, that, that bothers me. You know why? God only, God only asks you for 10%. God asks you for 10%, but the government asks you for 15%. You know, like, the government's better than God. Now, here's what you understand. Most people don't pay 15%. You know, if you've got children, and you've got things, taxes, and stuff like that. But let me tell you something. 
There are what are called hidden taxes. See, your income tax is something you... And even your income tax is a joke. It gets taken out of your check before you even see your, your check. You know, if you have to pay your own taxes, like you get paid, and then you have to write out a check and send that into the government, there would be riots in the streets. But you know what they do? They got smart. They said, well, let's just take it out before they even see their check, and that way they won't even make it. Nobody even reads those stuff. But let me, let me read something for you here. You know, we are taxed before we even see our money. You say, what are you talking about? Federal, income tax, IRS, Social Security, Medicare, state, local taxes. And then once you get your money... You're taxed on what's left. You say, what are you talking about? Sales tax, gasoline tax, tax on automobiles, property tax. Every time you go to the store, you pay taxes. Every time I fill up with gas, I pay taxes. Every time I do anything, I pay taxes. If I save, if I make money, I get taxed. If I save money, I get taxed. If I invest money, I get taxed. Every time I do anything with money, I get taxed. And you gotta be insane if you don't think that in this country we're paying 20 per- you're not paying 20% of your income to taxes. Let me list some taxes that we pay in the United States of America today. Now, not everybody pays all these taxes, but just listen to this list. Accounts receivable tax, building permit tax, capital gains tax, CDL license tax, cigarette tax, I don't pay that, corporate income tax, court fines, indirect taxes. Every time you, you know, I just paid my $300 uh, speeding ticket, that was a tax. Uh, dog license tax, what a joke. Federal income tax, what a joke. Federal unemployment tax, fishing license tax. You want to go fishing, you got to pay 15 bucks to the government. Why is it that I have to pay the government to go fish in a river that God created? Amen. Food license tax, fuel permit tax, gasoline tax, 42 cents per gallon, by the way. Hunting license, 42 cents per gallon, Does that, do you understand that? Every time you, you fill up your car. Hunting license tax, inheritance tax, interest expense tax, inventory tax, RS interest charges tax, IRS penalty tax, liquor tax, I don't pay that, local income tax, luxury taxes, I don't pay that, marriage license tax, Medicare tax, property tax, real estate tax, recreational vehicle tax, road toll booth taxes, road usage taxes for truckers, sales tax, school tax, I pay that, but I don't use it. Septic permit tax, service charge tax, social security tax, state income tax, state unemployment tax, telephone federal exercise tax. When you get your telephone, you really ought to look at your bill and see how much tax you're paying. Almost double of your bill is in taxes. Telephone federal state and local surcharges tax. Telephone federal universal service fee tax. Telephone minimum usage surcharge tax. Telephone recurring and non-recurring charges tax. Telephone state and local taxes. Telephone usage charge tax. Toll bridge tax toll. Tunnel taxes. Trailer registration. Tax utility taxes. Vehicle license registration tax. Vehicle sales tax. Watercraft registration tax. Well permit tax. Workers compensation tax. Just to name a few. There's a lot of taxes. You don't think we're paying 20% in taxes? And, and according to the Bible, that makes you a slave. According to the Bible, oh, well, we got freedom. Because we have the right to own property. How do we have the right to own property? Can you explain that to me? You know that if I pay this house off today, if I own the house, should I have to be making payments on it? But, but I can pay this house off today, and for the rest of my life, I have to pay taxes on the property. You know what that means? I never own this property. I own my, my, both my vehicles debt-free. They belong to me, supposedly. But for some odd reason, here in December, I'm going to write out $300 to the state of California to register my vehicle that I own. Why? Because don't, we don't actually own these things. 
If you own, if I own my house, wouldn't I be? This isn't one of the the descriptions of owning something is to be able to do whatever you want with it. You understand what I'm saying? If you rent something, you're not allowed to do whatever you want with it. Does that make sense? If you own something, you're allowed to do whatever you want with it, right? So I bought this house. Shouldn't I be allowed to add a you know a room to the back if I want to? But am I allowed to do that? No, because if I want to, I gotta give Uncle Sam his cut. I gotta go down and register it. I gotta get this fee. I gotta pay that fee. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. Taxes is enslavement to government. Taxes is enslavement to government. You don't own your car if you gotta pay for it every year. You don't own your property if you gotta pay taxes for every year. You don't own, you know, the the, the different things you have. And you gotta understand this. You say, well, Pastor, why are you uh, preaching this? Are you trying to get us to like revolt? I'm, I'm trying to just wake you up. I want you to see what the Bible says. These people were enslaved when they were paying 20%. But years before that, they were paying 20% in taxes. And today, there are people who literally pay 70% of their income in taxes. Joseph's sin. See, here's, here's, here's where Joseph went wrong. Here's what you're going to say. Remember in Genesis 41, they said, hey, we're going to take the fifth part and we're going to store that and we're going to save it for the famine. Well, when the famine comes, what they do? They sold the corn to the people. Now hold on a second. Who did you get the corn from? The people. Do you understand what I'm saying? They got the bread from the people. They should have, if they would have just given that away free to the people, praise the Lord. Why would they take 20% of the people's corn, 20% of the people's bread from the people of Egypt? And then when the famine comes, they sell it back to them. That's wrong. That's not okay. And they used up all their money, they sold all their herds, they sold their land, and eventually they sold their own bodies. And do you remember from this morning, does your body belong to you? Are you allowed to sell your body and have somebody own your body? Hey, that body belongs to God. I said number one, enslavement through government taxes. Number two, we're not going to be long tonight. We got cake and ice cream. You know how we do that. I like cake and ice cream. I said, number one, enslavement through government taxes. Number two, I really should have figured this out and preached a nice sermon today. I really want to apologize for that. You know, I try not to preach two mean sermons, but hey, that's how it worked out. But point number two, enslavement through government dependence. Enslavement through government dependence. Let me explain something to you. Big government always leads to dependence on government. You say, what are you talking about? Big government, when the government expands... To be able to take care of a group of people, it leads to government dependence. It leads to this, I've talked about this before recently, to this entitlement, welfare mentality. Look at what the Bible says, Genesis 47, look at verse 15. Genesis 47, look at verse 15, look what these people said. Look at verse 15. And when the money failed in the land of Egypt, and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came unto Joseph and said, look what they said, this is what they said, Give us bread. Go down to verse number 19. Look what it says in verse 19. Wherefore, shall we die before thine eyes, both we and our land? Look what they say. Buy us and our land for bread, and we and our, uh, and our land will be servants in the Pharaoh. You know what these people got in the mode of doing? Here's what they got in the mode of doing. They, they thought the government will save us. The government will help us. We're hungry. The government will feed us. We, we need, you know, and let me tell you something, and I'm not here to offend you, and I'm not trying to, you know, make you hurt your feelings or anything like that. I'm just trying to open up your eyes. Let me tell you something. The government today is trying to make 
us be a people who's dependent on them. Because if we're dependent on them, we're not dependent on God. You say, Pastor Jimenez, how is the government trying to make us dependent on them? Well, they want us to be dependent on them through food stamps. They want us to be dependent on them to pay our bills through welfare. They want us to be dependent on them to take care of our health through health care or Obamacare. They want us to be dependent on child rearing through the uh, public school system. They, I mean, I literally, I, I, I heard this, my, my wife told me this, because she, she heard this from somebody, and, and it's true. And, and I just had to crack up, okay? There's an office in Sacramento, open, where if you have a dog, and you can't afford to feed that dog, you go there once a month, and they'll give you a free bag of uh, dog biscuits or whatever, dog food, and they'll, you know, get them all the shots and everything. And it, it's literally doggy welfare. And I'm thinking to myself, are you insane? <laughs> I, I work 12 to 13 hours a day. I mean, I am scared to death for January, you know, when I have to write out that check to the government to pay my taxes that I owe to them, you know, because they want to enslave me, so that they, so the government can take that money and give it to somebody to feed their dog. Look, if you can't afford to feed your dog, maybe you ought not have a dog. You know, if you can't afford to have a goldfish, get rid of the goldfish. But good night. We've got to place in this country where people literally, it's just like, the government must take care of me. The government must provide my health care. The government must provide, you know, it has to do everything. It's got to feed me. It's got to change me. It's got to rear my children. It's got to do everything for me. And we got this entitlement welfare mentality where people do not grow up to be responsible. People do not grow up to work hard. People do not, I mean, just generation after generation after generation. And if you think I'm crazy, I know what I'm talking about. I worked, uh, one of my very first jobs I ever had, I worked at a check cashing store. <clears throat> and check cashing stores are bad. Don't ever go to check cashing store. Who don't bank? But I went to the check cashing store, and without fail, on the first, people would come in to cash their welfare check at the, at the check cashing store. Now, let me tell you something. There were some people who were coming in in wheelchairs, some elderly people, their social security. Hey, I have no problem with that. They paid money into that, praise God, whatever. But, you know what was the main people that were coming in to that check as you store? Some six foot eight, muscular, braids, little short thing, walking in with his Jordans and his nice pants with the faded, you know, and down to here, and walking in. And yeah, his little kid that he's got with him is like, you know, just wearing a diaper and has snot all over his face and isn't well taken. But he, you know, he comes in on his, uh, on his little, you know, car with the little rings and he comes in cash my social security check nothing I said why aren't you working why, why is the government supporting you and you better believe that's the truth and we're raising a society of lazy non-working people and it's going to destroy our country it's going to destroy because we're becoming dependent on the government let me tell you something I'm not against you if the government's helping you. I'm not against you if you need... Hey, praise the Lord for that. But you better understand, you've got to break that chain. You know, when, when it goes from, well, you know, the government... You know, the government's not supposed to feed you from, you know, cradle to grave. Okay? Dependence on the government leads to enslavement. Dependence on the government leads to being a slave to the government. And let me tell you something. The Bible says, you know, people think we joke around about this, and people think it's a joke, but the Bible says that there is an Antichrist coming. Do you believe that? Mm-hmm. 
The Bible says there's a one world, one religion government coming. Do you believe that? The Bible says that these things are going to happen. And let me tell you something. They're trying to get us to be so dependent on the government that we can't even question the government. I can't question the government. Because they're the ones that are feeding me. They're the ones that are taking care of me. These people got this welfare mentality where the government must take care of us. Look at verse 21. Look at what Joseph did. And as for the people, look what he does. He removed them to cities from one end of the borders of Egypt, even to the other end thereof. You know what he did? He started moving people around. He said, you used to live out here, out in the fields. Now you're going to live in the city. Let me tell you something. That is a playbook straight out of communism. Communists move people around, start these, you know, they, they get all these apartment comments, they move people here and they move people there. Look it up, it's true. This is what Joseph was doing. Joseph was enslaving these people. It was their corn. It was their food. It was, well, it was taken from them. Say, Pastor, what is the point of all this? Let me give you a few practical things. Because we don't live in Egypt. We actually live in the United States of America. Where still we have the ability to vote. Where still we have the rights to vote. Let me tell you something. You know, here there's a few things you must learn from this story. Number one is this. More freedom, not more government, is always the best option. Remember when, chapter 41, when Joseph said, Hey, let's take the fifth part of these people, we're going to save it up. And then when the famine comes, we're going to give it back to them. That was a good idea. They didn't do that. But that was a good idea. And let me tell you something. Every time the government says, hey, we're going to do this for you, it always sounds like a good idea. But they never do it. And that's the truth. And, and you got to understand this. You know what would have been better? If they would have said, hey, people, for the next seven years, there's going to be seven years of plenty. And then after that, there's going to be seven years of famine. You guys better just save up your own food. We are advising that you set up 20%. And if those people would have been allowed to take that food and save it, and not give it to the government, not give it to Pharaoh, guess what? When the seven years of famine, they would have been self-independent. They would have been self-dependent. They would have been independent from the government. Hey, look, you don't think that's happening today? It's called Social Security. The government says to me, I'm going to take X amount of money out of your check, and when you're old, we're going to give that back to you. That money is spent right now. They don't have money in the Social Security you know, closet or whatever they call it to be able to feed the people that are going to Social Security right now. When the baby boomers all retire, good night, it's all gone. But it's the same thing. More freedom, not more government, is always the best option. Not only that, but you learn this. Once taxes are established, they never go away. They never go away. Look at Genesis 47, look at verse 26. Genesis 47, look at verse 26. Look what it says. Genesis 47, look at verse 26. The Bible says, And Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt unto this day. Do you see that? Those three words. Unto this day. It says, And Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt unto this day, that Pharaoh should have the fifth part, except the land of the priest, only which became not Pharaoh. Do you know what the Bible just said right there? The Bible said, Joseph made it a law in Egypt that they paid ten, you know, uh, the fifth part of their income. And it says, unto this day. You know what that, those three words, unto this day, mean? It, it says, un, it, when the book of Genesis was written, when Moses was writing these words, he said, even unto this day, this law is still in effect. Now, here's what you got to understand. The book of Genesis was written over 400 years after the events in Genesis 47. You understand what I'm saying? Genesis 47, they decide they're going to put a tax, 20%, on the people. And 400 years later, Moses is writing about 
this. And he said, and by the way, this law, these taxes are still here unto this day. And the government always says, we're going to do this temporary tax because the economy's not good, we're going to do this and that. During the Great Depression, the, you know, Roosevelt brought all, the, you know, all these different things that they're going to do, and the welfare, you know, all these welfare things that they were going to do. Oh, it's only temporary to help the people during the Great Depression. And here we are in 2011, and they haven't gone away. Taxes never go away. Once established, they never go away. Okay, Pastor, what, what can we do about this? Here's what you got to do. If you care about not being a slave, use your right to vote and oppose taxes at all costs. Oppose taxes at all costs. Go out to vote and vote anti-taxes. I don't care what it is. And people are going to get offended when I say this. But when I get my ballot and it says raise taxes, I don't care if it says raise taxes to, you know, uh, help spread love and rainbows to whoever. I don't care if it says we're going to do this for this and we're going to help these people. And we're gonna do, I'm telling you right now, oppose taxes at all costs. All taxes, all the time. Well, but they're helping these puppies. I know that's the problem. Well, they're doing this, and they're going to help these babies in this country. Look, oppose taxes at all costs. All the time. Because once taxes, taxes are established, they never go away. Let me, let me explain something to you. Say, Pastor, why are you preaching this? Why are you against being government entirely? Having the, well, here's what you got to understand, okay? There was a day in this country when we did not have the welfare system. And you know what single mothers did? You know what widows did? You know what people did that needed help? Here's the welfare system in America for hundreds of years. They went to family and they went to churches. Okay? If we've learned anything from the life of Joseph, we've learned this. God uses circumstances in your life to bring you closer to God. Do you remember the 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 um the son of oh, good night, I can't think of his name right now. Um, the prodigal son. Remember when he ran away from home and he spent all his money and he spent all those things? Remember when the Bible says that, you know, once his money was gone, all his friends were gone, party life was gone, he spent all of it, had nothing, he was feeding pigs. And when he was feeding the pigs, because that's all he could do for work, he saw them eating all that garbage and that crumb and he started eating that. And the Bible says he came to the end of himself. And he realized, man, what am I doing? I need to go back to my father's house. That's what God does to so often to people. People get come to the end of themselves on drugs. And people come to the end of themselves on alcohol. And people come to the end of themselves with addictions and with problems. And rebellious teenagers who leave Christian homes, they go out and they party and they waste their money and they waste their life. And they come to the end of themselves and they come back to God. But, here, but, but that doesn't happen anymore. You know why? Because a drug addict doesn't have to go back to church if the government's going to support him. The drug addict, the, the, the alcoholic, doesn't have to go back to church. Doesn't have to go back to mom. If, if the government's going to, if they can apply for food stamps. Because see, when the, and we do it at our church. We help people financially. We pay bills and buy groceries and all that. But you know the difference between us and the government? Is that we have accountability. So when I give you $500 for groceries, or whatever, and then I see you smoking pot, guess what? We're not ever helping you again. But the government, man, they had these, these stories in the, in the newspaper and on the radio. They're talking about all these people got all these EBT cards to pay for this stuff. And they were spending them in casinos. And they were spending them at bars. They were spending their money all these places. Is that what that's meant for? I don't think that's what it's meant for. Listen, when the government steps in and just takes the people, it keeps them from, coming, from having to come back to mom and say, Mom, I'm sorry. 
It keeps them from coming, you know, God uses circumstances in people's lives to bring them to Himself. But when the government steps in and says, well, we'll take care of you. You know what they just said? They just took the place of God in our country. You say, what do we do? Oppose taxes at all times, at, at, for all, at all costs. And lastly, here's what you do. If at all possible, or when it is possible, live independent of the government. Don't attach yourself to the government. I understand sometimes we go through rough times and people need to do that. I, I understand that. I'm not against you. I love you. But you know what? You ought to have a plan and a goal to let that be temporary. And say, you know what? I'm going to let God take care of me. I'm going to let God help me. I'm going to trust on God, not the government. Joseph was a great man of God. But he did a lot of bad things to the Egyptians when he took their food, sold it back to them, purchased them as slaves, and made them dependent on the government. That's why I had to have a word of prayer. Dear me, Father. Lord, I ask that you would bless this time that we spent. Father, I completely understand that this sermon is maybe a, a little different than what you'd expect at church. But it's where we are at in Genesis, in the book of Genesis. I don't plan this out. We're going verse by verse, chapter by chapter through the book of Genesis. It's where we're at tonight. And Father, I do ask that you would help your word to minister to people. We're not here to make people feel bad or make people... But we are trying to show them the Bible. And maybe open their eyes to things they hadn't seen before. Maybe we can break some chains and maybe we can help people be confident in you. Father, we love you so much. In your precious name I pray. Amen.